you'd make me feel so brand new. I was loving this song for a minute there. To spend my life with you. Come on, people. Purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming jazz game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. I'm just going to paint a picture for you. I'm heading down to Black Canyon Highway. She just moved a little closer. Be the one you come running to. Oh, yeah. I won't be untrue, Snig Dog. I've always been faithful to you. Come on, man. What are you doing? What are you doing to make your move? Plug this in the eight track. <laughs> the eight track. <laughs> when I was a really little kid. I mean, I I think the eight track was gone by the time I was in like third grade. But as a little kid, kindergarten, first grade, my parents did have an eight track in one did. of the cars. Oh, yeah. Freddie J to Carol. <clears throat> Why do you think you're here, big guy? <laughs> Stephen Eady, probably. Oh, yeah. That'd be their generation. No, Al Green, he surpasses and covers all generations. Yeah. If you don't like this tune, something is wrong. Why? Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica. Jessica likes it. Our pea hunt Jessica. She tweeted at me. You know what she said? Just about spit my water out in the car after hearing P.K. Kinahan say, quote, women are attracted to me. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Jessica. There's a reason why you're listening. Let's just face facts. Come on. Own the truth. During the break. You've seen me on television. He says, changing the topic. (laughs) (laughs) Extend the topic. Nice pivot. (laughs) Nothing subtle about this. (laughs) And we're turning right. Watches Steve Adams throw that. Uh, throw Stephen th- Adams. Stephen Adams throw that ball in from what was that? Like fifty-five feet, about ten feet below behind yeah, half court. I don't think I've ever 16. seen that. I haven't either. You've seen them shoot. They can make half court shots. Yes, but to throw it like a one armed throw. I've seen guys throw from like eighty five or ninety feet at the. Yeah, hoop. but they're literally. He like shot it in a throwing he, motion. I know. I know. Nobody from where he was on the court. It's two hands at the chest. Yeah. In the. Yeah, and he threw it, and the thing is, he threw it, it, it was, he's so big, in basketball, he threw it like a softball, and it was like two-thirds, it was kind of, it was like you're playing pop a shot. You don't actually shoot at pop a shot, a real basketball shot. You got to shorten no, it he up. he aimed it. It was too close, yeah. And he dropped it right in there. And he did a little uh, Mark <laughs> he, Jackson he did shoulder. The yeah, he did the shoulder shimmy. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Why not? I know. I agree. It's entertainment. <laughs> and it was halftime. You didn't have anywhere to go. <laughs> right. It's not like you got to get back on defense. And well, he was uh, smiling. He was already 60 feet back on defense. Everybody so. else was smiling. Well, yeah. You know, the other guys from the other team walking off the floor, they weren't smiling. Oh, no. They, they shouldn't like, be. They're like, man. No, they shouldn't kidding be. me, you clown show? I mean, they're trying to make a playoff run, the yeah. Pelicans. Yep. I don't think they're going to get there because I think Memphis is probably going to hold them off and maybe in Portland. They're saying Lillard's a week or two, which is a great time to be a week or two since you have a week off. Uh, so maybe they can, uh, they can, and if they get Nurkic back, maybe they can make a run for that eighth spot. Whoever it is, I hope it's a good team, a good enough team to extend the Lakers, at least make them sweat a little bit. I mean, I don't want them just blowing people out 4-0. 
for the sake of competition, and plus they're the Lakers. Well, the Clippers seem to be their kryptonite. Maybe the Clippers are going to drop into that 4-5 series and the Lakers are going to have to play them earlier. Not okay, but them. that's the second round. I still yeah. want to see a competitive first round. That's, that's what I'm saying. I, I want to see a competitive Yeah, I've kind of written round. that one off. I'll be pleasantly surprised if it happens, and I would prefer that it happen. But I, I, you just, I go into the playoffs assuming one's going to smoke eight. See, I don't want to see four 20-point wins. In fact, I won't. I'll turn it off because <laughs> it'll be a, it'll be it'll be a late. late game in L.A., yeah. Yeah, and I'm not going to stay up. And watch that crap. If it's a big blowout, I got to. I got women. I got to entertain in the morning. Okay, like Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> I made a right turn. He made a couple more, and we're Left right. We're right, right back on Main Street. Well, I, I feel an obligation to Jessica. What can I tell you? I feel an obligation to our listeners to give them the best that I have. Jessica is a loyal listener, so yes. I get well, that. oh, good, great. Thank you, Jessica. I appreciate it. And I've often said this. I think it's an underappreciated and underrecognized aspect of our audience, the female sports fan. Walk into a TV station and you will hear cliches that you swear were born in the 1920s. What do you mean? Not in 2020. 1920. Like, what are you talking Women about? Women don't like sports. Eh, wrong answer. But <laughs> it's told you, it's, it, it like comes down from on high and somehow it's true. It must be true. It's always true. Go, wh- why do you say that? Well, go to a game. Go to a game. A jazz crowd is at least 40% female. They might be more than that. It's routinely date night. People come as couples. 20-somethings on a date. 50-somethings who've been married coming to games for a decade or two. And they may not be some of them. Some of them are. But some of them may not be hard, hard, hardcore passionate. Hardcore enough. they can carry a conversation. Right. They may not be hardcore enough that they want to listen to us on the commute in every day. Jessica does. A lot may not. But as far as being interested in the games, knowing the personalities, knowing the storylines, and having a vibe in the middle of a game and knowing who's in trouble and who's not, which is the most important thing right there. My wife's casual, but she tells me, bogey feet lined up, I'm liking it. (laughs) Right? right, That's good enough. I mean, you you at least know you you can have a conversation Yeah. about it. She was telling me uh, at work, uh, they know what I do, and a uh, guy comes in, man, can you believe that deal the Dodgers made with Betts, and then they're going to trade Peterson to the Angels? Well, her, her head's starting to spin here. <laughs> <All right. laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I like the games. I don't need the business in the offseason. But yeah. there's degrees of buying in. Right. And so, I, so she asked me about it, and I, and I told her about it. And then I think she went back, oh, yeah, I think Betts is really going to help the Dodgers, especially in October, you know? <laughs> you just need to know a little bit. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think there's far more people, females out there like Jessica, than we give them credit for, particularly in this town. Because really, the, you think women are bigger sports fans here than they are other places? Relative to the Jazz? Maybe not sports well, just fans, because but the Jazz are so all-encompassing here. That's what I'm saying. But there's a team that is the big dog in the market in every market. Uh, but yeah, uh, who's the big dog in Boston? In Arizona, your sisters have Cardinal tickets. They're the big dog now. It was the Suns for years and years, but they've been run so poorly for a decade, and the NFL is the beast, and the Cardinals have a young, exciting quarterback. I bet you can go down there and talk Cardinals with your sisters. 
They know I, the guys. They know the stories. Well, my one the per- sister certainly does. The storylines, yeah, the personalities. No the, yeah. yeah. Okay, but I'm not working there. Although I right. visit there a lot, right. so but I, I do just have think there's someone, there's something like that in every and in the in L A in L A women can talk to you the Dodgers or Lakers they've been the big dogs kind of passed it back and forth a I know bit. but once you more incorporate now, another team it's not like it's split loyalties but it's your attention is divided when it comes to here your attention isn't divided it's the same that's thing that's the nature of one team town right we've said with yeah. a lot of the f- men too they're not really NBA fans which is why we don't they're spend a lot of time talking about the comings and goings of the NBA because they're not that interested no. it is talk about 90% the- jazz and how it connects to the jazz right that's that, what we. That's what we talk about. That's what talking sports is. We don't show so highlights of all the NBA games. I think games, you go right. down to the Phoenix area, and I know from experience and talking to Ryan Hatch, who's running the show down there, they hit that stuff not equally as hard, but far much more than we do, because our folks are yeah, jazz. It's different in a Sun Belt too, because there's a lot of people who've lived all over the place, and, and I, that pumps up a little that's more. That's different, sure, but yeah. I, and also with the. All the, they've got all the pro sports. Yep. We don't. And we've got the our one biggest link to the biggest of time is these guys. And so many folks, men and women, they can talk it. Man, they know. They've got an opinion. I think we could go down the street, randomly pick out 20 people, and at least 10 of them would have an opinion on Conley. That... You're not, you know, they do some of those. Jay Leno used to do a thing. He'd go over Universal and he'd make up questions and mm-hmm. people would answer. And the questions weren't even real. Yeah. And he'd make them up and they'd yep. answer it. And it was bogus. Well, here, they, done man they, on the would, street they wouldn't for give us two. bogus answers right. because they would have some degree of knowledge to base their opinion I could, on. I could walk up and down Main Street and do a Mike Conley man on the street outside yeah. the doors of Channel 2, knock that out during lunchtime and be done. And all, at the desk, they always want to the same desk. How long you need a photographer for? I think I'm going to be walking around for 30 to 45 minutes. Well, what yeah. do you need a photographer for? Is that what they ought to be able to do? And, and that's a cameraman to the folks out in uh, regular land. They ought to be doing it for the news. How much do you need a f- cameraman to go shoot the police yellow tape? And you ought to be dictating how long. You don't answer. We'll be back when we're back because we're doing sports. I'll get there when I get there. Yeah, okay. I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> that's exactly how it works. No, not really. Well, that's the way it should work. In a perfect world. We're a hardcore sports community around here. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's what makes one of the reasons it's, it's fun to work in this area is the folks really care. Totally agree. They're into it. I was in Sacramento before I came here, and a guy I worked with came here when the Jazz played the Kings in the playoffs, kind of at the end of the Stockton Malone era. And in those days, the late night people hadn't written in their contracts, like, like David Letterman eventually got in his contract that he had to personally approve his show being slid out of the time slot. In those days, we could just move him back. So the news ended, and everybody did 30 minutes on the jazz every night during the playoffs. I remember it well. Right. And, and the guy's name was John Hank, and he just stood there, and he looked, he was, because all the TVs are by the assignment desk, and there's one for every station, you know, breaking news, what's everybody doing, all that stuff. And he's sitting there, and he's looking at all these sports anchors coming on, he's going, no way! And I'm like, every night, year after year, John, it's like, unbelievable, because there just isn't that passion in Sacramento. And obviously, they haven't won as much. No. And that's a big part of it. No. 
and we got something going on here that makes it a lot of fun, and it's extended now into college football. Those two, college football and jazz, you don't go wrong if you want to talk about them here. All-encompassing. Yeah, and we've got such passion that... I get up every morning, and I've been doing this 18 years, and I was just telling my daughter yesterday, because we celebrated her birthday yesterday, her birthday's today, happy birthday, Jamie, and so she's going to go with friends today, so we did a little thing, and I was talking to her, and she's trying to figure out what to do with life, get her button in school, and, uh, and I was saying, you know, I get up every morning, and I'm thinking, this is sweet. This is awesome that I'm driving in to do this. I've never had a bad day in this job. And I said, and it's so much fun, and I'm so fortunate and so lucky. And part of the reason, now I put myself in the position to work for it. It's not like it was just handed to me. But part of the reason, a big part of the reason, is the folks who listen to us. Because they care. It's, you know, the Frank Layden line, right? They care. Critical. Yeah. And it's not like that everywhere. We know from guys who've done radio here and left and gone to other markets. Yeah. And one of them was telling us about Portland. He says, man, did Jazz play a game the night before? And then you say ABC, XYZ about whatever happened. And phones light up. And now social media. But back when he moved, it was phones. He says, man, you say it in Portland? Crickets. He says, I couldn't believe it because the arena was sold out the night before, just like the Jazz game was sold out. But there's that level of passion. How much do you care? And by the next morning or next afternoon, eh, they've moved on. That's why I love the Mormons, because they think they know basketball. <laughs> stick the pot. Or stick, what? put the stick in the pot and move in a counterclockwise that, rotation. <laughs> How is that not true? How is that not true? <laughs> You just made one generalization about a whole group of people. In another segment, that would bug you a lot. Okay, I'm not saying every single Latter-day Saint, but you've got to admit, basketball's we've a, heard that. Basketball's been a big deal here for ben decades. Ben Allen, you've heard him say when yep. he lived other places, you, they got a gym in every one of them churches. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 so blah, ben, blah, 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 blah. Ben Allen, the UCLA coach, was a UC Santa Barbara system, and I was doing radio there, and I was in Sacramento, and I was moving here, and he heard, and he told me, you are going to love it. And he gave yes? me a list of specific things that I was going to love about living here. So what? did I say that was wrong? <laughs> Mormons think they know hoop. What is wrong with that? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I think you do. I do not. That's part of your genius. Yeah, can I get a ruling? I don't get it. I just said something that Ben Howland said, but somehow it's wrong? Uh, he didn't say it quite like that. He didn't say it like that. Because he's not from Jersey. <laughs> he's not. He's not from Jersey. That is a good point. He's not from Jersey. Right. Got it. He's got California roots. If you would know, you know that's the way them people talk. <laughs> them people. Them people. Yes. <laughs> Always go with it. From Jersey? Eh, worst thing that happens, you get punched in the face. Come on, man. <laughs> it's the way we talk, yeah. That's why I, I have, I believe I have an outstanding relationship with the Mormon people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me check Twitter. Hold on. <laughs> I do. This last five minutes though not helping oh, that's, that's bull crap actually it's increasing it 
because I'm calling them out. I'm saying, you guys know hoop. You make my job enjoyable. How in the world is that bad? I am saying thank you, you, you on his Valentine's <laughs> Day. But you said you, you're so good. Yeah, okay. You really are. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about how good you are. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're saying changing the rights of rape. The words are the same, but the tone is just, it's like shape-shifting. Whoa, be feel, careful on that. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm watching... Shape uh, shifting. Yeah. That's NJ Diet. I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I feel oh, like I'm Diet watching one up. of those uh, Marvel movies, right? Uh, I'm telling these people that I appreciate you. You make my job fun. How many folks driving to work today can say, hey, my job is really fun. I'm one of the fortunate few, and it's because of them, because they care. How is that not... Just the ultimate compliment. Straight out of Doctor Strange, which, by the way, the sequel's coming out. I'm afraid they're going to mess it up because I love the first one. I love them people. They they they, they, they know hoop. They want to hear but about the jazz. The issue you said is that they think they know hoop, which kind of implies they don't. It's kind That's of like not you're running true. Thing about. <laughs> if I would have it's, said that you they don't, don't get know control hoop, how people absorb the message, you've told me that a million times. No, I said you don't. No. I never said I, I don't. No, oh, there it is. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. I <laughs> yes, know I feel better you're now. Right? You don't. I don't. I, I do, do because if you just wear them down, eventually they'll give in <laughs> or go to break. If you just keep going, 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 pounding it, you know, you get your way. They'll quit. So I do, but you don't. You don't have the stamina. Uh, Jill says, I was loving that song for a minute there. And then the laughing till she's crying emojis. When you started belting it out. Al Green. I also don't listen because I think PK is attractive, oddly enough. She listens because she thinks she knows hoop. She also thinks she knows football. Great, and I she's actually met your textbook. Jill many times, and yes. I love her as a and she's your, fan. She's a textbook fan. She goes yes. to a handful of jazz games every year, and she has college football season tickets. I've met her. I've talked to her on the road. She also says my job is not fun. <laughs> I know. I know, right? And, bo- oh, uh, and I am 100% sincere on this. Yeah. I am very, very fortunate. Yes. On this Valentine's Day and every This is the greatest. Our man. jobs are fun. Period. I, I identified no this work in 1980 as something that I would want to do, and I got to do it. That How cool is that? And I still want to do it. I have the same passion today as I had in fill in the blank. I'm looking forward. I This sucks right now. I was driving in this morning thinking, this weekend sucks because they're not playing. Oh, I totally agree. I hate the All-Star break. I want them playing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I get why LeBron lobbied for it and made it longer, and I kind of referenced that in a question to Donovan. I'm not sure he got it, or maybe he thought he was supposed to comment on it and he didn't want to. I don't know. There was a pause, so there was something going on. But uh, LeBron lobbied for the longer break, because the guys who go to the All-Star game then have to be back at practice on yeah, fine. On, Tuesday, on Monday or Tuesday and play they Wednesday. They'll get time off. I right. got it. And I'm so he okay lobbied for it. it, and so now it's like there's a half dozen games on Thursday to kind of restart things. But the Jazz are one of the teams that'll start it up on Friday. It's yeah, too I long. A, I got a whole week. I know. Yeah. I mean, I. the only thing I could think of is the company should send us to Hawaii so we get refreshed. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I don't really see it happening, but I'd be okay with it. Well, you I know. don't know that anybody's they have a great, the subject. On the, off, on the off chance that I'm completely wrong, just let everyone know I'm there good. There are radio studios in Oahu. I have seen them, so... Just saying. Yeah. It'd be up like it. Yeah, the time difference, right? 2 a.m. 6 a.m. here would be uh, 3 a.m. this yeah, time. Pending two or three. There's hardly anything going on. We can tape out. 
<laughs> Good point. I like this idea. Nobody's playing Monday night. Right, and we don't have college hoop until the Thursday. Right. And BYU, they're not playing Gonzaga until two weeks from now. And D- the Utes are home next week, so they're probably going to win. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Coming up next, we get his thoughts on the Jazz at the All-Star break. Two-thirds of the season down, one-third to go. We'll talk with David Locke next. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. College basketball, BYU. Picks up win number 20. A program record, 18 three-pointers. Cougars blow out Loyola Marymount in the second half, 77-54. BYU is at USD tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. CBS Sports Network, USD 9-18 on the year, 2-10 in the West Coast Conference. Utah loses big at Oregon State. They're beating 70-51. Utes are down by 16 at the half. Utes dropped to 5-7 in conference, 14-10 on the year. They're going to play first place Oregon, 17th-ranked Ducks. We'll be looking for win number 20 Sunday night. That game tips off 7 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. Utah State takes on Fresno tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, ESPNU. Listen to the game on The Zone beginning at 7.30 with the pregame show. Top of the Wire brought to you by Homie. Buying or selling a home. Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. You know I was babysat until 8th grade. Dolores Arnold used to babysit me every day after school. And Dolores? Her husband. Yeah. Look how you got like 220-pound 8th grade hands. Would you Can we not focus on that? You're like, hey, Dolores. Hi, Hans. I think it's funny the thought of a 8th grade Hans Olsen probably pushing two bills. He's <laughs> sitting in and being babysat. You guys let me know when you're done <laughs> so I can finish my story. Tell us more about Dolores. Anyways, her husband, Don, liked MASH. Sitting next to Don on the couch watching MASH. Hey, (laughs) Don, can I borrow your shaver? (laughs) Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Taylor Swift is Valentine's music? Yeah. I got the hots for Taylor Smith. Yeah, I love watching her at the award shows. She's just singing and dancing the whole time. She does do that, yes. Yeah. She's into everything. Yeah. She's just into anybody singing anything. She's up for it. Right. Time to bring in David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest to you. David, good morning. Good morning. I have a question for you guys. Go ahead. Crisis in the Pac-12 or unique circumstances, and it happens to be that one-sixth of the coaches left to go to other Power Five conferences on other jobs. Okay, we're going to save that for next week since there's no jazz games. (laughs) So call us Tuesday at 8 o'clock. It's a little bit uh, (laughs) business as usual. Check my Twitter feed. I retweeted a column that an Arizona columnist wrote down in Tucson, and he goes to the history of this Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12. This is what always happens. Now, sometimes it's the NFL that's doing it, so that's a little different deal. But he's got plenty of examples of other colleges, Ohio State, ripping away a good ASU coach. And nobody cared when SC was winning titles. Yep. And this is the Pac-12 isn't interested in competing with these other conferences at the level. So 
If you're looking for the most amount of money that you can possibly squeeze out of an employer, the Pac-12 isn't for you. They're more interested in a comprehensive athletic program. They sponsor, most schools sponsor over 20 sports. Ohio State, which has one of the biggest budgets, does not uh, sponsor 20 sports. And most of the money goes into football. And the Pac-12 isn't going to do that. And so if you're Utah, what's the impact of this? Kyle, at some point, will stop coaching, maybe when he's 80. So, um, no, sooner than you think. I think that, uh, I think that Pac-12 coaches, you, either you just accept that you bring in a guy, he has some success, and then after a few years, you're going to have to replace him. I mean, I think one is a little surprising, but whatever. But certainly after three or five or six, no. you're going to have to replace him. No. But if you, you hire someone with local yeah. ties – which is what Kyle has, then you've got a better chance at holding on to them and having a decade-long run. And Scally's on deck, and he's not going to run for an extra million dollars. I mean, that an extra million dollars, you lose 600000 of that right off the bat. And if Locke's Democrats get in there, it will be 700000 well, I was going to say, if 600000 I didn't know that Elizabeth got elected yet. <laughs> well, I'm also counting the 10% that he'll give to his faith. Uh, so. And 10% to his agent? Yeah, so the point being, if you have a local guy, he's not going to be as quick to go chase. So get somebody. Whereas if you hire Rich Rod from across the country, he's going to get in a plane and go across the country and interview for another job. What do you expect? Like he did. What do you expect? Yeah. Right, but what's what's interesting about that is if you're only looking at local candidates, your pool is so small. Now, we have a unique circumstance where we feel like Morgan Scali is the right next choice, but... Most schools, that just is limiting your potential applicants at such a small number. Or maybe there's Utah has a really built-in advantage that there's a faith issue going on that is unique to Utah, which you know Arizona or Colorado or Cal Berkeley or Oregon, Oregon State doesn't have. So yeah, um, yeah, I can buy that to a degree, but I think it's growing. Uh, I think that there's people have you don't literally have to grow up here and play high school ball here and all that stuff. I mean, you got, but you have to have some kind of connection to the to the. Yeah, area. but for I mean, like for or if we're using Oregon, and maybe Oregon's a bad mall because they have the Nike money, but didn't Taggart leave Oregon to go to Florida he did. State? But yep. yeah, but that uh, was more home for him too. What was Florida State? Yeah, the state of Florida. So I mean, it's yeah. interesting. Like if if Oregon, let's just pretend Oregon doesn't have Phil Knight. But if Oregon's only selecting coaches that like have a tie to Portland, that's a pretty small pool. Uh, it is for them, yeah. But they don't have to worry about it because they do have the money. So if you're Corvallis or Pullman or um, even maybe Seattle, that gets that gets tight. Sure, I mean, but I mean, with really those programs, with those programs, going to, my point is, you might be better off getting coaches that are good, bring the program up for four years, and well, you can do what Urban know, Meyer did. Be sure, prepared, yeah, yeah. But they're going. The point is, they're going to leave for bigger money. So. The Pac-12 accepts it and is willing to deal with it, and away you go. But see, that's nothing new because Oregon State hasn't been to a Rose Bowl since the mid-60s, and Washington State has been to a couple, but they went 70 years without going. So those guys have always been battling uphill. Right. No differently than Mississippi State and Mississippi and most of the Power Five programs. Right. All those programs that have no chance in the SEC. They're not going to win at all costs in this conference. And then the fans don't demand it. Do you demand it as a Stanford fan, win at all costs? No. Right. But as an Alabama fan, you do. And they still don't win all the time. It's a great ride with Saban, but, you know, when it's over, good luck. 
I mean, when Bear Bryant was over, you know, good luck. It was up and down for a while there. Right. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see if the Willie Taggart is like the cautionary tale and it's repeated where Pac-12 schools can eventually say, oh, you want to be, I mean, Willie, yeah, he took a high-profile job, but he was out in two years and he's at Florida Atlantic. Why don't yeah. you stay here where because you can Because he win? got an $18 million buyout <laughs> at Florida State. I mean, look at what Michigan State's doing. There's no Pac-12 team that is going to pay their coach in January a $4.3 million retention bonus only to have him quit a month later, then pay a coach who's got five wins one season, paying $5.4 million, and pay his $3 million buyout. Which he wouldn't need paid if he hadn't moved in the first place. Will somebody think, hey, I'm making $4 bucks and I know I can win here, and I can coach as long as I want, and I can run the show? Will someone settle in at a Pac-12 school doing that? Or yes. Two or three guys? Yes. Because that's all you need in the league anyway. Which is what we have in Utah. <laughs> right. What do you think about uh, John Wilner's idea of Sark for Colorado? Party time. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it. He, he's never won. He's already had two chances in the Pac-12. You, you want seven and five? He's charm? your guy. And I guess maybe seven he didn't and five. Win it. He, he, what was his best at Washington? What, what, go look it up. What was it? Look it up, Snakes. I don't know. I'm with I'm with Yock. I think it's going to be eight and five. Yeah. Well, I said seven and five. I only know what I know. <laughs> uh, 2013, it's fifth year. He was eight and four. That was high watermark. Five wins, then three seven-win seasons, and then eight and four. He went to USC, went nine and four, and then at three and two, he was gone. Though it's interesting, USC hasn't had you know nine and four. USC's actually been pretty good, and I have to look at Washington and see what he was before. What Washington was before they were terrible. He took over. They were terrible so. because they had their own twelve season. He had to rebuild it from right. literally ground so that zero. Res- that resume is actually pretty good. Colorado's got to get one of his own. Or are you going to go through the same thing? That's why they're trying to get the enemy. Yeah. Find somebody. There's got to be somebody out there. That's the way to go in these situations. Or do like John the Devils Wil- did. John Wilner's article today made it seem like uh, Colorado was trying to... I felt as though there was Colorado PR telling him the enemy was not a candidate. was my vibe I got from Wilner's article today. You know, there's the other thing that you go out and you get a coach who is... Um, who's been a lifer but isn't the uh, uh, sexy pick, you know, Urban Meyer. I mean, he was headed up. I mean, you could just – everybody knew, and so great. But you go out and, like, Rocky Long has this great run at San Diego State, and he didn't go off chasing more money. They're a group of five teams. There's a ton of teams with more money, and they got three conference titles out of them before he left. Craig Bull at Wyoming. Wyoming's having their, their best times. Didn't Troy Taylor have a good year at Sac State this year? He did. He did. Might be interesting. Big time year relative to where they were. Yeah. yeah. But you're not going to get a big sky coach to go to a Power 5. It's not happening. That's too big a jump. Yeah. he's got. He can get a Mountain West, but he's not going to go Power 5. And a God bless San Diego State, but a Power 5 is not hiring a 68-year-old Rocky Long. Ready to talk a little Utah jazz, David? Sure. See, I just had a day of like reading other stuff. <laughs> right. That's what the All-Star Break's all about. 
clearly, in the, it was the first third of the season, and there were struggles, and they made some moves, and some guys who were on the team improved, and the middle of third of the season was way better than the first third. How much better do you think the Jazz can get, will get, in the final third of the season? Uh, it'll be on the defensive end if it's going to happen. Um, can they, you know, can they figure out who they are defensively? Uh, we are now seeing, you know, there's a script on how to play the Jazz. The last two teams that have done it did not were not victorious, um, and actually Miami didn't do it well. And it's going to be interesting to see. Um, Miami actually bailed out of it pretty quickly, and that is, you know, you play basically without a center, you spread the floor, you pull Gobert usually to a corner and then attack from the other side, or you try to pull Gobert to the high quadrant and attack behind him, and he can't get there in time. Um, That's the script. I mean, Houston wrote it. League saw it. Everyone copied it. It worked pretty well. Portland did it. Um, Denver doesn't do it quite the same because they have Jokic, but it's there's a, some similarities to it that you've occupied Gobert at free throw line, extended or above, and then you're running action behind him. Um, so their back cutting offense and things they do is pretty similar. Um, so I, you know, I think we've seen the script. The Jazz won in Houston and had an okay defensive night um, against what I really think is, you know, going to be the story of the second half of the season is that Houston small ball because the numbers whether small ball is the right answer, it is for Houston unquestionably, and Clint Capella was an anchor to what they were doing, and Houston's going to be a really big force in the second half of the season, um, particularly in that short of sample size. My only concern on Houston is just with the wear and tear on 34-year-old P.J. Tucker and the wear and tear on everyone just playing seven players and playing, you know, but um, I, I think they'll be, you know, they'll be 22-7, and seven, something of that in the final Um in the final 29 games, I think they'll be a real, really big force. Uh, so I think, you know, we're going to, we, the, the Jazz are going to get better. It's going to be playing teams like that. Those type of defensive, you know, that defensive assignment, that setup is going to be what the Jazz have to get used to, and they are going to need to by the time the playoffs are here. So what were the differences to you with the five game losing streak compared to the four game winning streak now? Well, I thought Rudy Gobert had an interesting comment post game. Uh, Jake Scott, grabbed it uh, after the interview and Tim Lacombe on our post-game radio show, which is terrific, which you can um, listen to at 12A of the Zone, 97.5. They also post it, if you miss it after games, they post it up on the website, so go grab it at 12A of the Zone. Um, dot com. The, I think that's the right site. Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, but anyway, I um, I thought Rudy just said chemistry-wise, we've, you know, we just got a lot better, um, which I thought was interesting. I, you know, I just think this but this, we still have just a really, you know, a team emerging, going through things for the first time. You know, Rudy and Donovan, first-time All-Stars. I think that had an impact. Um, I, I just think there's a lot of – I thought there were a lot of little things. I thought that's actually what had me most nervous about that five-game streak is it wasn't something like Quinn Snyder could go into the um, – you know, magic booth of Quinn Snyder coaching and come out with a new answer. Um, I thought there were probably six or seven different things that were taking place, some mental fatigue, some physical fatigue. Rudy, is, Rudy you know, commented they had to come together better. Um, you had, you know, I, I think some unique performances by DeMar DeRozan and Dame Lillard. You had some unique matchups. Houston, the first team that spread them out. There were just so many different little things that happened, I think, in that side that there wasn't one thing. Uh, Mike Conley reintegration certainly was part of that. Um, I, but it was not, there was not one thing to me that took place that caused that. And so it actually had me nervous that there was, you know, there was a chance it would continue just because there were so many different items going on. So now with the Jazz at the All-Star break, a half game behind the Clippers and a game and a half behind the Nuggets, 
Do you think now that they got some of that figured out that uh, second and third place are realistic goals where they can finish up and, and be the three or two seed? Well, I don't know if it's realistic. I mean, I think it's going to be insane. Um, it's going to be really – this is going to be one of the most incredible 29 stretches of games in a dead sprint with no margin of error. That, And I think teams are going to, like, limp into the playoffs, which is really going to be the interesting thing. Like Dallas and Oklahoma City, I think, are going to rest their guys near the end of the season and be really fresh. And the two and three seeds will have been clawing to being sure that they're not four or five to and probably be exhausted by the time they hit the playoffs. I think it's going to be a fascinating um, run here. You know, the four or five seed is just – the worst you know you're either going to you're going to get either la denver utah or houston two of them in four or five playing the lakers next i mean it's just the difference between being two three this year and four or five is so considerable um i i think that it's you know it's going to be fascinating to watch what happens and what do we have denver's got a game up on the clippers and lakers in the lost column and then the rockets who i do think are going to go you know 22 and 7 or something in their final stretch here i think they're going to be very very difficult for people to handle if they stay healthy um are two games back in the lost column so this is and then i just don't think teams are going to lose very much so the movement inside of the the standings is going to be limited. I think you're going to have these nights where you win every night where you win and you look and say, gosh, everyone else won too. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of trip ups. There's, there's that usual little span when there's about 14 games left in the season where teams blink and that'll be the interesting stretch. That's always been the story every year. Teams come out of the break. They sprint out of the break. They suddenly lose their kind of legs, shall we say with about, you know, three to four weeks left in the season, the finish line's a little further than they thought, and they have a bad two-week stretch, and then they kind of regain it in the final week when things are on the line. So that'll be, it'll, that'll be the pattern. It'll be interesting to see who trips up the most in that middle stre- stretch. Now, you say there's a big difference between 2-3 and then beyond that. Is that based on having to play the Lakers or something else? Well, I, don't, I mean, I think there's a – so right now it seems reasonable you'd get the Rockets, who are a matchup that – it's going to be very difficult to deal with in the playoffs. And you're, you know, you're playing the greatest offensive player in the world in that series. That's a pretty hard one to win. And now I think there's a ch- chance that the Rockets go jump up to two or three, and then so then you're playing either the Clippers or the Nuggets in four or five if it, if we're there. So, um, and I would actually guess in that circumstance it's probably the Clippers. So I mean, if your choices are Nugget, you know, Mavericks, Nuggets, or Clippers. Lakers or Rockets Lakers or Mavericks Nuggets. I'm taking Mavericks Nuggets. Okay. So basically, the quality of the 4-5 series, no matter who it is, is going to be outstanding. So it sucks to be in that first-round matchup. And your reward then is, even if you win it, is the second round with the Lakers. So it's just brutal. Who, who will have just swept their series? And be waiting for you. So are the Clippers right. ever going to have a run where they have their team together and really fine-tune it? Because it seems like they get a couple games together and then it's a back-to-back and Kawhi's off. Now it's uh, another injury for Paul George. I guess right at the All-Star break is the perfect time to have it, I suppose. But uh, are they going to have a run where they get guys together for 15, 20 games? Because basketball, essentially, from Jerry Sloan saying it 25 years ago to uh, Rudy Gobert just saying in the last game – Chemistry matters, and you got to have you know split singing. Everyone's got to be on the same page. Do you have a box score from last night's game? Can you tell me what the Clippers' assist numbers were last night? Um, yes, I do. Like hundred. They had nineteen had assists on forty-six baskets. 
okay, to your point, like that is not a cohesive group. You watch them play that they are not playing. They are not playing a cohesive game of basketball. They're playing a huge amount of one-on-one. Their shot distribution's all whacked out. Um, (laughs) So in in the uh, Clippers-Celtic game, Kawhi Leonard took 27 shots. Lou Williams took 33. That's 60 of the 110 shots to two guys. Right. How many assists did Lou Williams have? Lou Williams had uh, had eight assists. Kawhi had four. How about Kawhi? Kawhi had four. That's 12 of their 19 right there. So if anybody else touches the ball, they're not passing because those guys are taking all the shots. Right, by the way, that's the way I look at assists, just to share with you. So you look at Lou Williams, takes 33 shots, which jumps off, and then you say, oh, well, he had eight assists, it's okay. No, 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 go look and see if the other guys have any assists because if they don't, it means that they're like so excited to actually touch the ball <laughs> that they shot. Harrell had 24 points and three assists. Okay. So. Uh, I'm curious just to bring it full circle here. Uh, you know, when people watch how Mike Conley fits in and really look at the flow of the offense and all that, and I think that's getting a lot better. But to your point about defense, to bring this all full circle, how, how, uh, how much are other teams looking forward to playing against a small backcourt if they've moved Rudy Gobert to a corner or way up above the free throw line, and then Donovan and Mike Conley are out there as basically a couple of six-footers? How much of a problem will that be at the defensive end for the Jazz? Well, I think that's a concern. Now, interestingly, by the way, I looked it up yesterday, the Mike Conley-Donovan-Mitchell tandem on the floor defensive numbers aren't that bad. Now, they're usually with Rudy Mm -hmm. um, almost exclusively. But still, to your point, that's the scenario we're talking about. Rudy will probably play 40 minutes a game in the playoffs. Um, So, you know, they're actually, I think their defensive rating is about a 105. So it's not. So, yes, I think teams are looking forward to it, and, yes, they try to exploit it. Um, there's not data that shows they're having awesome success to it. I sometimes feel like you have to, you know, you see them bumping back Mike Conley, and then they score, you know, they try to they score, and then you're like, oh, Mike's too small, or Donovan's too short, which are true. It's a very small backcourt. And then I think we kind of don't see maybe the next two or three possessions where they try it again and it doesn't work. At least mm-hmm. that's what the data shows. Um, you have that kind of stinging feeling the one time it happens. Um, but it does feel as though, and I think, you know, the Clippers actually have the same problem. Patrick Beverly's a beast, but Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams, if they're going to play backcourt together, um, are, are super small. Um, I'm curious to see what the Clippers do. I, I've said this all year long. I think they have a Lou Williams problem. Um, and, you know, and I don't know how Doc deals with it, but their closing lineup should be Patrick Beverly, Paul George playing the two, Kawhi Leonard playing the three, Marcus Morris playing the four, and Montrez Harrell playing the five. But that has Lou Williams off the floor, and I don't think he's, you know, ready for that. And there's all sorts of stories of Clipper internal turmoil already this year where, you know, a little bit of that one group that, Last year fought so hard and played so hard and was this gritty group is you know not in love with how much how the way the culture has changed for the new superstars that are there and the way that they acquiesce to those superstars all the time. So that, to your point of Clipper cohesion, it could be an interesting you know final stretch to watch. But like if you're the Clippers, I mean I guess Kawhi's running the show, so you load manage because he says so. But like when we're all talking about one or two games being the difference between two or three or four or five, do you load manage? I think they're going to no matter what because Kawhi wants to and they want to keep him happy. Could it drop him into a 4-5 series? Yes, it could. It may not, Clippers rocket. Clippers rocket 4-5. Could you imagine that? 
I'm all in I mean, favor. I Western Conference Finals matchup. I'm I'm all in favor of that. I bet there are a lot of people listening to this right now. Think you know that would be a fine four or five series, and I would watch a lot yeah, of those be. games. Be I mean, about Clippers. That. The M- the NBA it would be a disaster for the NBA. Rockets, Clippers, four or five. One of those out. Clippers, Lakers, round two. One of those out. That is not what they. That is not what they're looking for. Oh well. Though it's interesting, the Clippers don't draw. Like the TV ratings on the clip, the part of the reason the NBA TV ratings are so down is the Clippers don't draw. The Clippers are have terrible TV ratings. It's going to take a long time to build that brand up. <laughs> yes, I'm agreeing. <laughs> David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joins hey, where, us. Where'd PK go? No, I'm just listening to basketball savants. He's on his phone. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just killing time. Are you on Instagram again? No. Still. 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 Not again. Still. All right, David. Enjoy the break, and we will talk to you again next week. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. All right. We talk to David next. Jazz will be kicking off a five-game homestand. Coming back with a bunch of home games. Chance to make a little bit of move in the standings. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. You playing this for Steve Klauke? Yeah. Oh, Captain and Tennille. Captain and Tennille. Now, I think the captain died, didn't he? I think he did. Is Tennille still running around? I think she is. Uh, mm, I mean, I wouldn't immediately turn the station. I think you would. But I certainly would peruse to see if there's something better. (laughs) And there would be. There was a... Uh, he died in Prescott, Arizona last year. Oh, did he really? January 2nd, 2019, and Tennille was at his side. Kidney failure. Ah. Ellen DeGeneres did a funny video. She inserted herself, like Photoshop, they did videos, and she's there just playing an instrument, dancing, and, and she played it, and it was, it was hilarious. I gotta, she's a funny gal. I'm going to give it up to her. Just had David Locke on. Your takeaways from that? Has he talked Utah Jazz basketball the final third of the season? Well, bugs me that these guys keep saying the second half. I know. It's the final third. <laughs> it's not. 54 that's, down, 28 to go. That's come and gone. It's yeah. a month ago. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a dogfight, but I don't think that the thing that I disagree with him, because it's going to be a dogfight, I don't think that these teams are just going to be balling out to make sure you get this spot or that spot. You don't think teams will be all in to escape the 4-5 series? No. No, all, because the Rockets the have... Look at the teams involved. Yeah. The Rockets are... The core of their guys are older guys. Mm-hmm. They've got to have hard and healthy and fresh as can be because we've seen multiple storylines where at the end of the season he's just spent. Yeah. And he goes out in the first round or the second round. It's a disappointment. 
So if you're going to go out before the conference finals, go out in the first round. You get a longer vacation. So does it really matter? So get, but if you get to three, your odds of getting to a conference final go way up. That's basically what Locke was saying. Your odds of getting to a conference final out of the first But I don't think slot. that the, if the Rockets lose the conference final, yeah, we had a good season. That's my point, too. Well, the conference final is going to be difficult. That's just a given. There's too many good teams to think you're backdooring the conference final. I don't think you're not backdooring anything. Backdooring doesn't even enter my mind. In fact, it's you use the word backdoor. I don't ever. I never think of that. That's the. I. I actually think the other way is the line of thinking that they have. We believe we're good, so why extend ourselves for games that don't really matter? That's what the Clippers have been doing all year long, and I'm just not sure they're going to change now. <laughs> I just. I just think they're. If the be- Clippers don't get to the NBA Finals, it's going to be viewed as a disappointing season. So why sweat whether you go out in the first, second, or third round? What does it matter to the Clippers if they get the Lakers in the second round or the third round? I don't think it does. I get your point. Yes, that's why I don't think that these teams... Now, maybe Denver and the Jazz might be different. Maybe they go hard to get to 2-3. Yes. But the Clippers and the Rockets kind of shrug. And also, the Rockets are so far away. Now, maybe not. Maybe someone have a a losing streak and is like, well, now it's right in front of us. So far away from what? There are three games in the loss column behind the Nuggets. For three? Yes. For two. For two. Yeah, two, three. What's the difference? I'd agree with that. Uh, why, 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 you know, beat yourself up getting to that? Three, four seems like the difference. Four, I five doesn't seem like the difference. When we get to the final ten games, my line of thinking is they're playing to get themselves playoff prepared. If the Thunder or Mavericks get it rolling, will the Rockets just say, let's just take a dive and go to six? Why crush yourself and get to three? We'll go to the other side of the bracket and we'll rest doing it. It's not out of the realm. Right. So then you're killing yourself to get to three to avoid the Rockets and so we were talking about yesterday. Hello, Houston. Why would you be so worried about, once you're worried about avoiding the Rockets, you're doomed. Play them. Jazz can beat the Rockets. Yeah. They can lose to the Rockets. Yes, they can. But that's the beauty of it. And it's kind of the essence of being in the West where there really isn't that. There's five games between second and seventh place. Now, five games isn't nothing, but it's also not a lot when you're looking at two to seven. What would be bold is D'Antonio said, uh, D'Antoni said, I'm resting Harden and Westbrook in the first round against the Jazz because we can beat them with our other guys. <laughs> with our backups, and, we already did and that And then once. I'm going to have my guys ready to go in the second round. That would be bold. Be <laughs> Eric bold. Gordon, it's your turn to show. <laughs> hey, hey, Quinn, you planning on putting somebody behind Harden? Well, get behind our bench. <laughs> Don't even bring him here. Have him stay in Houston. <laughs> Keep your feet off. Get, be on, be relaxed. Feet, right? Yeah. And Westbrook always finds keep, keep, commotion If I had said keep your feet off, you would have lit me up. Keep I your feet say, off. Keep your feet up. <laughs> he just dislocates his feet, puts them up on a shelf. Yeah, the one thing Locke said that I, I didn't completely buy, you know, and you push really hard and you guys are exhausted getting to playoffs. The Jazz schedule ends on a Tuesday, and they're going to go to the playoffs on Saturday or Sunday. Hey, that is a, that's a lot of downtime. And maybe there's more of that whole mental, psychologically, your spent thing. But I don't think so. These guys have enough playoff experience. I mean, they don't have a ton, but they have enough. I mean, they've been in the first round three years in a row. Yeah, we better have downtime now because he's told us to go to break four times. All right, break time. <laughs> DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.